0: Ryan Poles is learning that the team building process in the NFL is really hard, especially when you feel like you have to dig out from what the previous regime left you. You are locked on bears, your daily Chicago bears podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today, hopefully every day on the show today. We hear from Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles really for the first time since the combine. And a lot has happened since then. Now talking to the media at the NFL owners meetings down in Florida, I think, somewhere much, much warmer than we have going on up here. But we we got to hear from him about some of the thought processes behind the Khalil Mack trade and how that fits into their vision for the roster and some of the difficulties that go into that decision-making, but how they look at it a little bit more big picture with him. We also kind of touched base on the building around Justin Fields and how that process works and how it's more complicated than just throwing everything you can at the young quarterback, but, like, also having to build an actual, like, entire team and not just wide receivers and offensive linemen for him, right? That, that it is a little bit more complicated and trying to balance, okay, building a full roster versus building around that young quarterback. And, of course, we have to touch on sort of the Bears free agency news of the day, sort of, with the Buffalo Bills matching and the offer sheet that the Chicago bears had issued for offensive lineman Ryan Bates. So he indeed will not be coming to the Chicago bears and they're back to the drawing board as far as getting to this offensive line. But I want to circle back to the Khalil Mack trade, because it's something that happened kind of abruptly. And we, we talked about it at the time, but we never really got that bears reaction from it. It kind of just was like it happened and we all kind of knew it was a possibility, but it was, we were kind of left on our own to figure out exactly why and do all of our sort of speculating. And then, Pieced together fairly well, I think, you know, what we were able to, you know, piece, you know, what we were able to think. Like, we could kind of tell some of the potential reasons there. And, and Ryan Pohl sort of confirmed some of them. And, and I should say, too, the the way he talked, this was not like a super structured press conference. So we don't have the video and audio of everything he said here. But we do have quotes, fortunately, from the members of the media that were on hand down in Palm Beach and so he he called the trade of Kalu Mac to the Chargers, quote, the right move at the right time. It was, quote, one of the harder things to do. A guy of that caliber of player is not an easy to move on from, but it's one of those situations that you knew you had to do what is best for the club. There was buy-in from Matt, from ownership, from everyone. And when Poles was asked about, you know, he said the the move to deal Mac was influenced by and he, he called it analytics, which is can be kind of a, a broad brush, but he said age playing time, et cetera. We put all that together. Then there's a timing mechanism as well. You know, if you wait, what does that look like? If you do it now, what does that look like? So it all sort of culminated in in this feeling to them like the right time to trade a 31-year-old outside linebacker who this upcoming season had his cap hit brought down. But next year, for example, will be due $27 million. And the year after that, almost 28. million million. dollars. His average salary on this contract is $23.5 million. It was a a massive deal when the Bears traded multiple first-round picks for him and then gave him that big contract extension to go with it to make him, you know, that franchise edge rusher. And And they traded for him at that time because they were in that moment going all in on building around Mitch Trubisky, and trying to compete right away for a championship. And that was like right at September at the start of the season. And he was like that last pass rushing piece to come in there and try and lift that defense up, which he arguably did. And they had a great defense in 2018. And of course, we kind of know what has happened there since then. But the Bears are no longer in that spot, right? I mean, they're, they're not competing for a Super Bowl right now. And Ryan Poles has felt like he's had to turn over a lot of what he inherited from the previous regime, a lot of it financially. They've pushed, Ryan Pace had pushed so much money into the future, and that was starting to have to pay up now. And is and feeling like he needed to create more flexibility for the long-term success of this team and say, so, you know what? We'll trade Khalil Mack now, eat a lot of that dead money in 2022, and then free up that extra $27 million or whatever it ends up being in 2023. And they're going to have a bunch of cap space at that time to then really go out and you know, get whatever players they really need to start making that, the big push, right? This year is the build up the foundation and find the longer-term pieces, and next year you could start to add a little bit more of the short-term guys or however they might fit into this equation to, like, build up from there. And so Mac financially didn't really fit into the mold right now. And then also I think he sort of sees this, this window to trade Khalil Mac right now where, yes, he didn't have... He's not coming off of his most productive season, but I think they see... Mac has been over the last few seasons a little bit more consistently. You know, I'm not, like, not going to call him injury prone, right? But he's been banged up a, a lot, and understandably so, right? But I mean, he, in this this past season, especially, he missed quite quite a few games, and that was part of why his sack numbers were down. But like, he's been on the injury report a lot and plays through a lot of injuries, and is 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 tough. And you don't question. Khalil Mack as a player, or as a as a toughness, you know, as his toughness and any of that necessarily, but as a player gets older, that doesn't necessarily get better. And of course, as his salary cap hit is going to go up over these next couple of seasons, that also makes him even harder to then trade in that individual moment. And so, polls I think had a had a judgment call here where it was like, okay, do we trade Khalil Mack now? Do we try to hold on to him? Are we still going to get? the value of, are we still going to get $27 million worth of Khalil Mack these next two seasons? Or are you going to have to work out a contract extension from there? And do you want to lock in a long-term deal? If you do have, maybe if you have some sort of health concerns about his ability to continue to hold up the extent that he has with the, you know, the veracity with which he plays, not that his level of play is going to drop down, but just his, his availability. And it's like, it's still hard to swallow. And especially the second round pick still feels light right it just still doesn't feel great when you gave for how much you gave up to get him but in terms of like eating it now and feeling like the flexibility in the future can give you something younger and and give you just more ability to build the team you want and not feel like you're stuck with all this money that Ryan Pace has invested in these guys and you're going to ride with them for good or bad and those aren't even your guys Right? you don't have your stamp you didn't choose to bring them here and so to be able to make sure it's his guys that he's relying on for his own job security has a lot of value, I think, in this process for them. But it made it difficult now to like feel like the team is getting at this point drastically better around Justin Fields just yet. It's still early, and we've been we've been kind of going back and forth on this. But he shared some of his thoughts on on that idea of, of building around the quarterback and how he feels he's been able to do that so far. And I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll judge his answer and see. Do we are we buying it? Do we feel confident in what he's saying, or or do we just need to keep holding the patience? All that and more next on Locked on Bears. Well, we're coming down to the last handful of teams here in the college basketball tournament, but as we get deeper and deeper and closer into the Final Four here now, we've got, we know these teams a little bit more, and maybe you feel a little bit more informed to put a little money down and add some excitement to these penultimate and finals games here in college basketball with our friends at BetOnline. The number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information is going to be BetOnline.net. The latest odds, contest, player props, All your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. Because it's not just the college basketball tournament. There's NFL draft prop bets. There's baseball season right around the corner. There's tons of baseball bets available at betonline.net right now. Plus the end of hockey season, basketball season, professional basketball season, I should say. Soccer, tennis, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games online online. All of your sports betting needs are at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action you need to know. BetOnline, where the game starts. All offseason, this roster building philosophy for the Chicago Bears should start with Justin Fields, right? Building around this young quarterback and putting him in the best position to be successful and develop and grow this season to give you the franchise quarterback that you want him to be and hope he can be and that the previous regime, I guess, drafted him to be. And so far, it hasn't been flashy in terms of building around him. They have signed two wide receivers and a couple of offensive linemen now and a backup quarterback and a running back. I mean, they have put pieces... Around him, in addition to guys on the defense, some guys on the defense, but it hasn't necessarily felt like this huge investment or this super, and it hasn't been a concerted effort. I mean, it has been an effort, but it, you know, you look at the Bears' depth chart or the projected depth chart right now, or you just look at the roster right now, and especially people outside of Chicago look at it and go, oof, like, what are they doing? Why aren't they building more around Justin Fields? What's the plan there? And for a while now on this podcast, I've been kind of saying, listen, it's still early in the offseason process here. Let's let's at least see Ryan Poles through here. Let him sign the free agents. Let him make the draft picks. And then when we get to training camp or even maybe even before then, but like when we get to OTAs, when when more of the roster is set, then we can look at it and say, oh, he did not do enough at wide receiver or offense or whatever position, right? Pick the position at that time when he's fully had the chance to make all the moves he wants to make, then we can fully evaluate whether he's properly done it. Right. And it's a little bit hard to judge it without seeing the full picture, but at the same time, we're getting through to the third wave of free agency here. And the pool of free agents is not amazing. Right. And it left, right. And there's still, you know, pretty big hole on the offensive line. Still feels like there's a, a, A vacancy at wide receiver, big hole at cornerback, still need a safety next to Eddie Jackson, could probably still use another starting linebacker as well. And, you know, clock's ticking, right? We talked last week about some concerns about the offensive line. We talked on yesterday's podcast about maybe the trade market for wide receivers. Might be the better way to go over free agency. Send a day three draft pick for a guy that's a little bit more proven, but not going to be as expensive potentially, or just you know, some different options there in the trademark that we went through yesterday. But Ryan Poles tried to sign another offensive lineman, was matched by the Bills. We'll get into that in a little bit. But he was asked specifically about building around Justin Fields and whether he feels like he's been able to get Justin Fields enough help so far while balancing some of the other needs the Bears have to fill on the roster. And here's here's the quote that Ryan Poles gave about that. It was quote, I want to give him everything I possibly can, but you still have to construct an entire team. You can't go blank in one area and then just load up in one area. We're always going to be aggressive to get him the tools that he needs to be successful. It's just the timing and the talent level and the cap situation, all of those are going to dictate when we can go and when we can't go. But I think what we've done so far is at least establish a little bit of growth in the roster, plus the scheme with the coaching, I see him getting better even from what we did right now that's not ryan pole saying mission accomplished we've done it we've got all the guys we want and we're ready to go forward no but he's saying hey it's it's a process we can't build the perfect offense around him in one off season and we do think improvements from the coaching staff and the play calling will help and then also just like justin himself having another year of experience should having an off season as the starter getting to work with his wide receivers right there's a lot of different things you can point to is like okay these are reasons why, even like separately from exactly what they end up building around him, that there could be improvement from Justin Fields. But at the same time, you do want to put as much as you can around him. And Paul said as much, and it doesn't feel like they necessarily have. And and so I'm, I'm curious in his quote, you know, you can't go blank in one area and then just load up in one area. They have, I mean, you know, they've gotten a couple offensive linemen, a couple of wide receivers, a couple of defensive linemen. It does still feel like for now they've gone blanket cornerback they haven't signed anybody yet and for now I mean they re-signed DeAndre Houston Carson at safety but they haven't signed I mean unless they're going to make him the full-time starter next to Eddie Jackson they haven't made him the starter just yet fully either so you know it's not as though they have gone I mean they, they still have kind of gone blank in a couple areas so far which again they're probably still going to sign a cornerback. He's sort of hinted as much that they're still looking at potentially doing that. And, and so it's, it's still early. And I'm not trying to say like this whole team building is complete wrong or any of that stuff, but it, it still is. It, you still want more around Justin Fields and it just feels like you're going into the draft with, at least for now, you still have some pretty big holes that you're going to want to fill in the draft. And it's hard to go into the draft with specific needs and, I get, you know, the, like you said, it's just the timing, the talent level, and the cap situation. All those are going to dictate when we can go and where we can't go. And that, yes, they they've, they have been limited in cap space. They, they they couldn't have gone out and signed number one wide receiver and a top guard and a top defensive lineman, right? They didn't know they didn't have money to spend big on a bunch of free agents. And spending big on a bunch of free agents isn't necessarily the solution here right it's that hasn't been proven to be the successful team building model that every team should try I would make the argument that you know like for example like on, on the defensive line right now I don't think we're looking around saying like oh man they have a huge hole there and they should have spent more than just Justin Jones and, and al-qadeen Muhammad like it's it's maybe not ideal but it's 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 fine there right I mean it's not it's not terrible but like I feel like for example like the offensive line is where I, if you're going to invest in one, if you're going to pick one spot to maybe put a little bit more of an emphasis, it should be the group protecting Justin Fields above all else. And it just hasn't felt like it's been a very significant investment in that group up front. Although they tried to make, I think, their biggest offensive line investment yet with Ryan Bates, the restricted free agent from the Buffalo Bills, who the Bears made an offer sheet to. The Bills had five days to try and match it. They ultimately did match it. But I think that that contract said a lot about Bates and how the Bears felt about him and how the league felt about him and kind of where the Bears might turn their priority from here with that offensive line. We'll kind of check in on what that tells us about the plan and and what their options are next, next on the Locked on Bears podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. They are an family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They got all the parts you could possibly need for your vehicle, from engine control modules and fuel pump assemblies to easy stuff like brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You name it, for your vehicle, they have it at rockauto.com. It's the deepest online catalog of anywhere I've seen online, but it's also super easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model. And then you can quickly sort between the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain part stores will have a different price tier. The the professional mechanics will pay less than the average person on the street like you or me who walks in and and pays for just buying a part. But rockauto.com's prices, they're the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same part somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com today. And and check out all the different parts available for your car or truck. When you do, when you check out, write the words locked on in their box that says how did you hear about us? That's gonna be the best way for them to know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Feels like the Chicago Bears still need some parts on this offensive line, because Right now, you don't have a, a true starting right guard, and I, and I hope it's not going to be Dakota Dozier, as we've heard from Luke Braun from Lockdown Vikings. He is not a really like an NFL-quality guard at this stage of his career. But anyway, you know, you got from left to right right now, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, blank, and then Larry Borum at right tackle. And maybe you kick Larry Borum inside the guard and you sign a new right tackle. But the Bears tried to sign a new right guard with Ryan Bates, from the Buffalo Bills. And it's interesting how the news cycle kind of works on this, where, like, report comes out that the Bears signed Bates to an offer sheet. He's a restricted free agent. The Bills then had five days to match it. They waited almost the full, like, to the minute. Like, it was a couple hours ahead of the deadline of the full five days to decide whether or not they wanted to match Bates's offer and keep him or let the Bears sign him to whatever deal they had agreed to. But we didn't know what deal they had agreed to, and that's what came out as the Bills officially matched the offer sheet. And it was kind of a surprise that they matched the offer sheet, given what the Bears were offering or did offer. I should say, Ryan Bates. He actually signs. He physically signs the offer sheet with the Bears. Four years, seventeen million dollars, with the first two years fully guaranteed for about eight and a half million dollars. So you're looking at like four and a half, four four point four the first year, four point four the second year, and then you know add up the last two years to get you up to 17 million. But, you know, a four-ish million-dollar-a-year contract for Ryan Bates is more than, I believe, more than they, or right around the the money that they paid Lucas Patrick, I believe, and signifies to them in a four-year deal with with two years guaranteed. That's bring him in, make him your starting contract. Yeah, Lucas Patrick got two years, $8 million with four guaranteed. So that's four million a year. So about the same same price of saying, okay, Bates, he would come in and be the starter for the Chicago bears. And that's interesting. And, and of course, then the bills match that seemingly agreeing and saying, no, we want to pay him $4 million a year at with at, at two years, fully guaranteed to be our starter in Buffalo. And it, what's curious about it is that Ryan Bates has made four career starts all last season, where his first four starts in the regular season. Plus then I think two playoff games. So six total starts for regular season two two playoff, I think. And that's been it. He was a, uh, undrafted free agent out of Penn state a couple of years ago has been a backup for them for the last couple of seasons. They, you know, they had another guy last season that they started over him for most of the year. And then I think he got hurt and Bates comes in and, and played really well for six games, but like four regular season games and two playoff games doesn't seem like a huge sample size to commit four years to a guy, especially committing two fully guaranteed seasons to, to start from a player who has otherwise only ever started six games with the Buffalo Bills. And a lot of people thought the Bills wouldn't match the offer sheet because they had re-signed the guy that had started over Ryan Bates last season. And so the thought was like, well, no, they kind of picked him, and that might mean they're going to let Bates go to the Bears, but instead they, they bring him back too and presumably put him in at their right guard spot. And the Bears are again left with... Uh, another option there on the offensive line off the board and still still needing something to fill that guard spot. You know, Bates, the money they were willing to pay Bates is a clear sign that like, yes, they see the need to bring in a free agent starting right guard and fill that hole and presumably then leave Larry Borum at right tackle. But they're again starting to run out of options. And I, I, I think the name that seems to be at the top of the list as far as like circling them back around to who they could go to, or the name with the most with the strongest connections that, you know, we haven't seen like an explicit report of like Bears are definitely pursuing this player or any of that type, any of that type of thing. But one that the coaching staff is connected to is Trey Turner from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was originally with the uh the Carolina Panthers early in his career, but The Bears offensive line coach, Chris Morgan, was the Steelers assistant offensive line coach last season and coached Trey Turner in Pittsburgh. He's a starting caliber guard. He's a mediocre starting caliber guard, an average starting caliber guard, but he's a veteran. I mean, he started, what, 106 games in his career. He's been relatively durable. He made some Pro Bowls earlier on there, but I think since then, his level of play has dropped down a little bit, but he'd still be, again, better than anything else the Bears have at guard and probably... You know, better than some of, well, he wasn't, not, not necessarily purely better than James Daniels by any means, but better than some of the recent offensive line play in general. How about that? That we've seen from the Chicago Bears. And so like, if the price tag is right, the coaching staff connection would be there for Trey Turner. And he's, and he's still only 28 years old. So he can be more of a, a not a long-term piece, but not just a, a one, he could be more than just a one-year guy, right? It's not this Jason Peters level veteran coming in just as a mercenary to fill a hole real quick, but he could be a multi-year starter potentially in this scheme, but otherwise, you know, you're not looking at a super robust group of offensive linemen still left out there. You know, I wonder about like Laurent Duvernay Tardif from well, most recently with the New York Jets. He's the one who's like the actual doctor. And like, he was the one who opted out of the the COVID's the first COVID season to like go be a doctor and like help with the pandemic. But he was with the chiefs for a long time. He was a six round pick for them in 2014 when of course, Ryan Pohl's part of that front office, so maybe DuVernay Tardif could come in and be, he's 31, so he'd be more of a veteran starter, but likely on the cheaper side there and can add some short-term consistency and maybe you can draft an offensive lineman later and, you know, develop him into being a right guard or something like that. It, but it's not a not a deep, deep option of guard. And clearly the Bears are not trying to pay top, top dollar for guard, but, you know, that 4 to $5 million range that they're looking at for Bates and that they paid Lucas Patrick, that doesn't seem too unreasonable for some of the other options that are still out there. It's just, it's yet another one of these sort of like, okay, plan B, you have to go to plan B here. You know, they tried to try to sign Larry Joby, and had to go to plan B there. They tried to sign, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling was, they were in the mix for, and then his price got too high. So they kind of had to plan B there. And now Ryan Bates, they kind of had to go to plan B and, and none of that's necessarily exactly Ryan Poles' fault, right? This is not me blaming him like that. The plan B thing somehow reflects on him making some kind of mistake. No, it's just that you're left feeling like, okay, are they adding true difference makers or are they just adding guys that fill spots? And I think that tends to be the the question right now. And the question that we'll have coming into the season is like, okay, how good are these players? Some of them may end up playing better than we thought they would and be better than they've been in previous stops and come to Chicago, get coached a certain way, play with certain players in the right scheme and play even better. You know, like I think that's what they're hoping for a Byron Pringle from the Chiefs or, or, or St. Brown from the Packers come here, have a bigger role, different quarterback, different offense, maybe be able to be more than what we saw from them in their previous teams. Same with Lucas Patrick, honestly, on the offensive line. And Ryan Bates would have fit in that mold as well. But potentially, not all of them are all going to be better than we thought, right? It just doesn't seem like probabilities would say they're all going to be better than we thought. But again, cap space, limitations, you can't just go out and sign big money at all these spots. They've had to kind of go cheap. They've kind of had to go value to fit all the turnover and to... It's got to take some of those lumps this first season and really be geared up for that flexibility in 2022 and beyond. So we'll see what Ryan Poles has in store again, willing to sort of see him out and see what his plan is going to be. He's a first year GM. He's got the benefit of the doubt still, but the, op, the pool is, is shrinking and it's just, that's when you start to get a little bit nervous and start to want to say, okay, let's, let's start to see some results here. You know, Whatever the Bears end up doing on the offensive line at cornerback elsewhere on the roster, you can be sure we'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, the Locked On NFL podcast breaks down the league from the the top-down national perspective, getting you all the top stories in the NFL. The Peacock and Williamson Show, Breaks it down very well, very well as well. Or if you're already looking ahead to the NFL Draft, we've got the Lockdown NFL Draft podcast breaking down prospects for you and getting things ready that way. We'll be breaking down prospects before too long as free agency cools down a little bit more. So we'll we'll get you up to date on all the prospects you're going to need to know for those second round picks in particular, some of the day three guys we like, and much, much more. So I hope you'll keep tuning in. I hope you'll keep making Lockdown Bears a part of your off season. And in return, I hope that the Lockdown Bears podcast makes it that much easier for you to bear down.